Hello, friends. The last couple of days I've been out the College of the Ozarks for the National Christian College Athletic Association National Volleyball Championships, really rooting on the Lady Cats from College of the Ozarks. And congratulations to the Lady Cats, because in the 3-1 three to, three to set uh, win, they claimed the national championship. There was an amazing amount of standing up and cheering for those ladies, and they were well-deserved. But it reminded me of a Bible passage, believe it or not, from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, it's time to stand up and cheer. I want you to notice that the writer uses the phrase, let us, three different times. First, he says in verse 24, let us consider how we may spur on one another. Now, the word consider means to fix the mind on. It's the idea of radar locking into an object. It's the idea of focusing on something in order to produce a strategy for obtaining it. So we are to strategize concerning how we may spur on or cheer another person on to love and good deeds. The word spur means to deliberately provoke. It is almost always used in the New Testament in a negative sense, such as deliberately picking a fight with someone. But here, the sense is positive. We are to find a strategy which will enable us to deliberately provoke one another to love and good deeds. And second, the writer says in verse 25, let us not give up meeting together. Now, clearly, this was a great temptation for the first century Jewish believers who felt pressure from their synagogue friends. And third, he says, let us encourage one another. To encourage means to inspire, to continue on a chosen course, to impart courage or boldness. Now, so you encourage someone when you take courage and you put it into them. Now, the Greek word translated encourage has the idea of coming to the aid or assistance of someone. I mean, imagine, for example, a real tired traveler. You see him kind of walking down the road. He's got a heavy load on the shoulders. The head is low. The shoulders stoop. Knees wobbly. Feet barely moving. It's as if every step is agony. As you watch him, suddenly he staggers and he begins to fall. And you see that he's never going to make it to where he's going. So maybe you pull your car over. You come alongside. You lift the load from the shoulders. Maybe you put it on your own for a while. And you put your arm and says, it's okay. I'm going to help you make it. And together you walk down the remainder of that road, or maybe you even put him in your car and take him to where he's going. Now, that's encouragement. It's coming alongside another person to help them out in their time of need. Now, encouragement is fundamental to the Christian faith. We, we need this because everyone is having a hard time. I'm going to say that again. Everyone, and that includes me, is having a hard time of some kind or another. There is so much despair in this world. Some people are so negative that they're never happy about anything. Maybe you've heard this old story about a man who decided to enter a very strict monastery, very Spartan, concrete floors, cold biscuits, the works. One of the rules was that the monks had to keep absolute silence. They could only speak two words every five years. Well, this guy entered, kept silent for five years, and when his time was for his review, came up his superior, asked for his two words, and he said, food bad. His superior blessed him, sent him back to his work, and five years later, his review came up again, and the superior asked him for his two words, and he said, bed hard. 
His superior blessed him and sent him away, and five more years passed, and his superior once again asked him for his two words, and he said, I quit. Well, that doesn't surprise me, said his superior. You've been complaining ever since you got here. Well, I think we all know people like that, don't we? They may be fine folks most of the time, but if you talk to them long enough, they're going to start complaining. I often call these people joy suckers, but they have the ability to suck the joy out of you from 100 yards away. And I know people like that. When I see them coming, it's all I can do to keep from running the other way. But I really think we kind of need this message because we kind of live in angry times. I mean, nowhere is the anger more evident than on social media. I mean, if you are on Facebook or Twitter, you, you already know what I'm talking about. I mean, people say terrible things to one another on social media, often for no reason at all. I mean, something about those 280 characters on Twitter that brings out the worst in us. We write things in anger we would never have the courage to say in person. We lose our temper. We question people's motives. We slander other people. We spread rumors. We spread fake news, false news, all kinds of news. Sometimes we use nasty language that comes right out of the sewer. Now, sometimes we, we do it in order to defend some Christian teaching we think has been threatened. But, friends, good motives do not excuse sinful behavior. Now, we may say, I'm fighting fire with fire, which is true, except that firefighters usually fight fire with water, or at least foam. So how quickly we descend into evil speech on the Internet. Now, to make myself clear, sometimes we do need to confront error with truth. When that time comes, we need to speak the truth even when we know we will get an angry response. But in those moments, we need the Holy Spirit to guide our words lest we go too far. And often we'll do better to walk away from social media so we don't stay all worked up all the time. See, how important it is to be an encourager. Perhaps you've read these words somewhere. It says, if you treat a man as he is, he will stay as he is. But if you treat him as if he were what he ought to become and could be, he will become that bigger and better man. Now, that strikes me as an entirely true statement. I mean, people tend to become what we think of them. They either live up or down to our expectations. If you treat a person as trustworthy, they'll strive to prove themselves worthy of trust. If you tell one of your children you can do it, pretty soon they'll start to believe it. If you treat a friend as an enemy before long, that's what they'll become. And if you treat a person as a criminal, he may prove it by robbing you blind. Now that brings me to the last part of Hebrews 10.25. It says, let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, if you're reading in most versions, you're going to notice that the translators capitalize the word day. Now, why is that? What day will the readers see approaching? Well, it's undoubtedly the day of the Lord's return. And how will they see it approaching? Well, after Jesus described the signs of the last days in Luke 21, he said, When these things began to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. And what are these things? Well, they're the great movements of men and nations that Jesus talked about. In the days leading up to our Lord's return, you know, the world's going to be plunged into an unprecedented turmoil. I mean, take the unrest in the Middle East, multiply it by a factor of 100, you've got the situation Jesus is talking about. So Jesus, here in Luke 21, 28, encourages his followers to examine the world for the signs of his return. But let me make that stronger. Jesus expects his followers to watch for his return. Now, we already know these readers were sorely tempted to turn back to their old way of life. And as the battle rages on around them, they can take courage because they know that the coming of Jesus is not far off. And as spiritual opposition rises, mutual encouragement is essential. 
And as the writer mentions, two areas for encouragement in verse 24 are love and good deeds. I mean, love moves in the area of attitude, while good deeds moves in the area of action, action and attitudes. So we need to encourage people in a positive way of thinking and a positive way of living. During a battle, when the heat and smoke fill the air, when we are under tremendous pressure, we're faced with two great temptations. The first is to get angry, and the second is to give up. Love will, will help us not to become angry, and good deeds will help us not give up. We are to find ways to encourage each other in the very areas where we need help in the time of crisis. Love and good deeds. I mean, find ways to say, don't get angry and don't give up. See, that's what encouragement is all about. That's a ministry for every Christ follower. That's something you can do You can do this week. Now, a number of years ago, somebody sent me a list. It was called EQ, which is your encouragement quotient. Now, here are the ten questions you're supposed to ask yourself. And you can ask yourself these and answer them yes or no. Number one, do my words of encouragement outweigh my words of criticism? Two, am I an uplifting person to be around? Three, do words of praise come easily to me? Four, would those who know me best consider me an encouraging person? Next, do I pass along good news and swallow the gossip? Next question, would I rather give praise or receive praise? Do I focus on the positive qualities of other people? Can you think of someone who needs encouragement right now? Do I pray for the difficult people in my life? Have I been diligent to encourage those closest to me? I can remember with a certain amount of embarrassment the first time I ever went through and took that little quiz. <laughs> because down at the bottom it said, if you answered yes to eight or more of those, you're probably a pretty encouraging person. But if you answered yes to seven or less, <laughs> which I did the first time, you've probably been drinking too much vinegar and you need to switch to Gatorade. Now, this past Friday, <clears throat> I shared this on my Facebook page. I wrote, that ugly thing you're about to say, don't. That critical comment you're about to make, don't. That foolish joke you're about to tell, don't. You'll be glad you didn't when the day is done. You know, as of this morning, quite a number of people have liked or shared or commented on this. And I close by mentioning the most encouraging fact I know about the ministry of encouragement. It's this. The more you encourage others, the more you yourself are encouraged. You know, encouragement is not something that, that dies when you use it. The way to get more is to use what you've got. It increases by giving it away. The more you give, the more you receive. See, by helping others, you help yourself. By strengthening others, you yourself are strengthened. By lifting someone else's load, your load becomes lighter. It's kind of like the miracle of the loaves and fishes. The more you give, the more you have. And by giving encouragement to a fellow traveler, the spigot of God's blessings is open to you. So far from running out before you are running over with God's blessings. Friends, we're going to need this truth more and more as our world hurtles headlong into the abyss of God's judgment. I mean, dark days are coming, and really they are here in many ways. And as the darkness even descends, Christians need to be greater encouragers. We can do it because we know that after the darkness comes the dawn of the new age when Jesus himself returns. If you believe that, then you can encourage those around you no matter what happens to you. Friends, we've all been chosen by God to clap and cheer for our brothers and sisters in Jesus. They need to hear it, and we need to do it. So let the applause begin. Stand up and cheer. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.